Welcome to the Moses Lake Baptist Church Sermon Podcast. This episode is from our Steadfast Sermon Series, which looks at some of the different areas in our lives where we are called to be steadfast. We hope this message will be an encouragement to you, and we would love to hear how God used it in your life. Matthew 28 tonight, and we've been uh, going through our series, our theme series, of course, uh, the theme for the church, 1 Corinthians 15, 58, to be steadfast, unmovable, and always abounding in the work of the Lord. And so we've been traveling through the idea of what it means to be steadfast and kind of discovering different things in Scripture that we're instructed to steadfast to be steadfast in. And uh, of course, if you've been here, then you'll know that we looked first off that if we're going to be steadfast, as the verse teaches, of course, you can go to the passage, and we won't preach all of 1 Corinthians 15, but uh, Paul is reminding the church at Corinth, hey, listen, since Jesus is alive and the resurrection really has happened, you can keep moving forward for him. And so you can be steadfast and unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. And so the thought there is, hey, we have a lot to live for. And uh, I'm thankful, of course, I know it's been mentioned a couple of times, but our uh, life groups and our, our uh, 10 o'clock hour, the uh, Lesson that we had last week, or um, I don't know what lesson you guys are on in your life builders. What class? What lesson are you on? The best one. All right, they're on the best. The next week's the best one, right? Yes. It's going to be the best lesson you've ever taught, ever. Uh, everyone's the best. I don't know. He told me last week's wasn't very. It was. It was good. Okay. Anyway, we've been talking about it in our life stage fellowships. Is just the fact that when we receive Christ, aren't you thankful that all things are made new? We're 100% accepted by him, but then also, not only are we accepted, we're secure in him, but then there's 100% new potential. And that's, so, that's such an encouragement to me to know that when God looks at my life, he sees what could be. And so we looked at first week just at understanding that walking with the Lord and being steadfast with him, we need to know that he looks and he sees what can be, but we're never going to be steadfast with the Lord or steadfast for the Lord if we're not steadfast in that relationship, growing in him, walking with the Lord, just like we heard mentioned. The second week, we, we understood to be steadfast in the fight. Peter said, talking about the Satan, he said, whom resists steadfast in the faith. Uh, man, there's, there's something worth fighting for. And there's a lot of Christians that they kind of allow themselves to become target practice for the devil. Uh, but you and I, we made that decision. You know what? We're not going to do that this year. Man, this year, we're going to allow the Lord to grow us, and we're going to stand up against the flesh and against the, the temptation that the devil brings along to us. And then we looked at being steadfast in his church, understanding that every single person is important, is valuable in the eyes of the Lord, and has a place within the church. And so we talked about that. We understood about being steadfast in our love. Out of John 13, by this shall all men know that you're my disciples, if you have love one toward another. Man, Jesus said, hey, one of the best ways that the lost are gonna know that you belong to me is not by you loving them, It's by you loving other people near you. It's by you loving other believers. I was talking this week at that meeting that we were at in San Diego, and at one point I was preaching. uh, Sometimes I I think it's probably actually easier at times to love people who don't know Jesus. I think think sometimes we want to talk that, well, no, it's easier to love Christians. I think it's easier sometimes to love the lost because you expect the lost to act like the lost. But the real trial comes when you get mistreated by a brother or sister in Christ and you have to forgive and you have to move forward. And I think that's one of the reasons that Jesus uh, mentioned that, hey, it's going to be challenging to love other believers. You can can love people who don't know me because they don't know me, and so you're going to love them. But for the people that do know me and you, you know they know better, 
That's when, that's when that true forgiveness is gonna step in, right? He said, hey, if your brother offends you, you offend them, or you, you offend them, you forgive them. That's like what we think, right? Uh, man, if your brother offends you, you forgive them. And uh, you under, we understand that that steadfast in our love for others, man, that brings so much uh, clarity to the lost about who Jesus is. And then we talked a few weeks ago about being steadfast in our giving, understanding from 2 Corinthians that excitement isn't enough. Man, that passion, that zeal to give isn't enough. No, he wrote there, hey, we need to give to prove our love. Man, where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. And then last week, of course, with our anniversary Sunday, we talked about our being steadfast to continue. And we looked in the book of 2 Timothy, where Timothy wrote, continue in the word of God, and that'll help you continue in the work of God, that the, that the man of God may be perfect, truly furnished unto all good works. And if you and I would be in the word of God continually building that relationship, serving him comes so much easier. Tonight, we're going to come, and we're going to look in second, or excuse me, in Matthew chapter 28. We're going to come to a very familiar portion of scripture, but we're going to be challenged tonight in just the idea of being steadfast in our outreach, being steadfast in reaching the lost with Christ. And so why don't you take your Bible and let's stand. Let's go to Matthew chapter 28, Matthew chapter 28, and we're going to go all the way down to, uh, to verse number 18. Again, a familiar portion of scripture, Matthew 28 and verse number 18. Jesus, it says this, and Jesus came and spake unto them, saying, All power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. Go back to verse 18. Jesus said, All power is given unto me in heaven and earth. Go ye there. You have hey, because of this, because all power belongs to me and I'm giving it to you, you have a purpose and that purpose is to go. Again, this portion of scripture is definitely a familiar portion of scripture. We, we come here a lot. We have guest preachers that come in to this passage a lot. And so tonight what we're going to do is we're going to take some time and understand again the, the purpose that a Christian has to have a burden for lost people and have a burden to tell people about Jesus. But then we're going to kind of go to the practical side of, okay, so pastor, I have a burden. I know I want to see people saved, but how do I stay consistent in that? How do I stay steadfast in that? And we're going to bounce around to a bunch of different passages and understand, I believe, four simple keys that will help us in staying steadfast to reach the lost. So let's pray, and then we'll get into his word. With our heads bowed and our eyes closed, why don't you take just a minute and just commit the, uh, the time to the Lord. Ask God to capture your heart with his word this evening. And then maybe make the commitment that as God speaks to you, that you're listening to him today. Lord, again, we thank you for the day. We thank you for tonight. Father, thank you for the Schmidt family being with us. We do pray that you'd help them, that you'd give them encouragement and grace and meet their needs, help them with support. Lord, I pray that you'd help them with uh, moving and the vision that they have. God, give them safety as they travel and just help our church to be an encouragement to them tonight. Thank you for them being here. And Lord, thank you for everyone that's here tonight. And I pray, God, that you would help each one of us to give attention to your word. And Father, that you would use your word to challenge us and to help us tonight to grow in our relationship with you so that we can grow in that outreach for you. 
And Lord, I love you. Thank you for the passage before us. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You go ahead and be seated. <clears throat> I'd ask you tonight, when, uh, when you get bad news, when you get bad news, I mean, sometimes maybe ultra bad news, or you just get kind of some discouraging news, usually the very first bad, if you have got bad news, is go tell somebody. I mean, you, you think about it, if you, have bad, if you have got bad news and something, maybe you're having a rough day at work, you know, and, and when you come home from work, probably the first thing you want to do is kind of pour your heart out to your spouse, you know, or some, complain to someone in the house, man, I had a bad day, I want you to have a bad day too, because I had a bad day. You know, if you have bad news, usually you want to share bad news, but the same is true and probably even more so with good news. Man, if you get something good that happens, I mean, usually you don't keep it to yourself. Uh, you think about... Uh, when you first, those of you that are married, uh, when you found out you were getting married, you got engaged, you didn't just like not tell people, you know, yeah, 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 we're engaged, yeah. You know, it wasn't like that. Man, it's, there's some excitement there. Think about, I'm thinking of Brian and Samantha over here expecting their first child, and, and uh, you pray for Sam. She's due any, really any day, I think, and two, two weeks or three weeks away or something, and could be tonight. What are you praying for tomorrow? Isn't that what you guys said? And uh, you know what? When they first found out, and of course, there's always a little waiting period that families go through, but uh, man, when you find out that you're first expecting your, your first child, man, it's exciting. You tell people. You think about if you get a, a raise at work, you come home. Hey, honey, guess what? I got a raise. Hey, hey, guess what? I got a promotion. Man, if there's, if there's good news that you have, you want to share it with other people. Why? Usually it's because you want them to rejoice with you. Man, I want you to be excited with me. I want you to be, uh, in, to, to be joyed with me and know that, man, there's something great that's happening. The sad thing is, though, if you know Christ, the greatest news that has ever come into your life is Jesus, and yet often we're not excited to tell people about Christ. Man, we're excited to tell that we're getting married or having a child or got a, got a raise or we're excited, we're excited about all of those types of things, but we got the greatest news ever. Man, Jesus Christ is the Savior of the world. He's in your life and he could be in, in someone else's too, and yet we fail to share that with other people. Well, why? Well, I think a lot of times it's because we're scared. I think sometimes it's because of pride. But really, if, if we're honest tonight, I think sometimes it's just because we lack the burden. We don't, we don't really have a burden that people are dying and going to hell around us. When you come to Matthew 28, Jesus knew that his disciples, that they were going to face the very same challenges that you and I face. He knew that they were going to uh, wrestle with this idea of telling people that he was the Messiah, that he was the Christ. Of course, Matthew 28, Jesus has already been crucified, risen from the dead. Uh, about three and a half, four weeks, uh, maybe five have already passed, and we know that Jesus in Matthew 28, it coincides with Acts 1 and Mark 16, that Jesus is about to ascend up to heaven. And as he's ascending or before he ascends, he gives them the, the instruction that we read in, in Matthew chapter number 28. He says, hey guys, listen, all power is given unto me, and I, I'm going to give it to you. Go ye therefore into all the world and, and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I've commanded you. He gives them what we call, we, we know the terminology, we've been to the passage before, it's called the great what? The great commission. 
Man, the Great Commission, it's the great co-mission. It's the great mission of a believer, but we're co-laborers with God. And so it's the great co-mission, a partnering with God to accomplish the purpose of God. Well, what's the purpose? Man, you've been given the authority and the power to tell people that Jesus is the Christ. We're supposed to reach them with the gospel, see them baptized, and then disciple them in the gospel. It's all right there in the passage. And that's, that's the whole command right there. Hey, you have purpose as a Christian. Go help others. Help others come to know Christ. Help them come to know the forgiveness that Jesus has. If you were to go to Scripture, you could read in Romans chapter 10, verse 13 through 15. It says, For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. How then shall they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how shall they believe in him of whom they have not heard? How shall they hear without a preacher? And how shall they preach except they be sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of them that preach the gospel of peace and bring glad tidings or, uh, glad tidings of good things. You and I... Listen, when we go to Romans chapter, 5, Romans chapter number 10, it's saying, hey, listen, people need to believe, but they can't believe unless there's a, someone to give the gospel to them. And we can't have someone give the gospel to them unless there's people sending others to give the gospel. That's why, that's why we support missions. Missions is, uh, I heard it said this way uh, this last week, missions is, is you doing your part to be where you can't be. You and I may never go to Brazil, but we can give so that the Schmidt family can go to Brazil on our behalf. They, they can be there, uh, an outlet for Christ and giving out the gospel that we will never be, but we can give to be a part of that. Same thing uh, with all the missionaries that we support. You think about uh, the Ennis family, you think about the Ballou family or the, the Moses family or the Park family. They're all people that will we'll probably never be in their countries, but we can give so that they can be where we cannot be. That's Romans chapter 10. But can I tell you right now that Romans chapter 10 is still supposed to take place here in Moses Lake. You and I, we are to be the preachers. You say, uh, pastor, um, you're the pastor. No, no, I didn't say pastors. We're supposed to be the preachers. The, preach, the word preacher in this and the phrase preach in this, it means just to declare good news, to be the herald. That means at work this week, you and I can be the herald, the preacher of good news to those around us. That means at school this week, you can be the preacher of good news. You can simply help the, help the lost understand that they need Jesus. And so when you go to Matthew 28, when you go to, uh, um, to Mark 16, and you go to Acts chapter number 1, when you go to all of these passages, we understand, Romans 10, that God desires that you and I would reach the lost. Let's be honest. There's a lot of people that we know and come across each and every day that do not know Christ. Man, every day we're coming across people. It might be coworkers, it might be the, the cashier, it might be the, the waiter or waitress, it might be someone, a neighbor or a family member. But right now, how many of you would be honest, you can think of somebody, at least one person that you know, that you have contact with that doesn't know Christ. Raise your hand. Man, every one of us. Every one of us, man, I can think of them. I can think of that neighbor. I can think of that guy. So Matthew 28 is, hey, you need to have a burden. Hey, you need to have a burden to reach the lost. Hey, you need to have a desire to understand that God has equipped you and he's equipped me to reach our sphere of influence. There's going to be people that only you will have opportunity to reach that I will never meet. 
There's going to be people that only I will have opportunity to reach that you will never meet. Our sphere of influence. And, and Jesus, knowing, he's saying, hey, listen, I'm going to give you guys authority to go out and represent me to the lost world. You need to have a burden in this. And if you think about this, you and I, we are the ones that should be delivering that message of Jesus Christ to everyone around us. It's our assignment from the Lord to reach people, baptize them, and then disciple them. And tonight I want to encourage us in this thought. <clears throat> I want to encourage us to understand how we can be steadfast in outreach. How we can, I mean, we, we all know, and, and again, I, I'm not going to belabor the point, we all know that we need to have a burden. And I'm thankful for our church. I believe our church is, is filled mostly with people that have a burden. And when we come up to uh, you know, Easter Sunday here in a few weeks, man, I'm thankful. We've already seen a number of our Easter invitations go out, and they've only been in for three days. you know. And, and man, I'm excited about that. I'm excited the fact that when we have community outreaches and our into the city outreaches in the fall, uh, usually it's not like, oh, please, please, someone come out and be involved. It's kind of like, hey, we have this going on, and people show up. I, I think we have folks with a burden. I think when we have uh, preaching, you know, whether it's Fountain Senior or myself or the staff guys or Blim or somebody else preaching and, and we, the burden is covered. But I think sometimes, if we'd be honest, I know in my life that the consistency or the steadfastness sometimes isn't covered. It's kind of like we're excited to reach the lost and then we kind of go into a little lull for a while. And then we're excited, oh man, yeah, we get reminded, oh, I got the burden, I know I need to do that. And so tonight I just want to take the word of God and help us understand how can I stay steadfast in outreach? How can we do that? Number one, I want you to notice tonight that if we're going to be steadfast in our outreach, we have to be growing, we have to be growing in our love for the Lord. I've got to be growing in my love for God. This is John chapter 15. Take your Bible and turn there quickly if you want. Verses will be on the screen as well, you can look up there. John chapter 15, this is, not, uh, this is a very uh, familiar passage for us. I love John 13 through 17, that whole discourse of Christ before he goes to the cross. But John chapter 15 and verse number 16, Jesus said this. He said, ye have not chosen me, but I have chosen you. And I have ordained you. That means I've, I've put it upon you. I've select, I, I'm going to use you. To do what? That you should go and bring forth fruit, and that your fruit should remain, that whatsoever you ask of the Father in my name, he may give it you. One of the main purposes of a believer is to bring forth fruit, and a lot of people understand, yes, there's the fruit of the Spirit, but what Jesus is talking about in John chapter 15 mainly is the fruit of other, other believers. Man, once I reach somebody with Christ, that's bringing forth fruit, and so the Bible helps us understand. Jesus says it. Listen, I'm going to ordain you and I've, I want to use you to lead other people to me. Okay, Jesus, well, how do I do that? How, how do I bring forth fruit? Jesus hits it in a few verses before that, John 15, 5. He says this, I'm the vine and you're the branches. He that abideth in me and I in him, the same bringeth forth much, what's the word? Fruit. The same bringeth forth much fruit, for without me ye can do nothing. Listen, as you and I abide in the Lord, we're going to bring forth the fruit of Christ. I believe that's the fruit of the characteristics of, of Christ that you read in Galatians 5, but I also believe that it's the fruit of the lost. Man, as I, as I abide, to abide means to be at home in. As I get at home in Christ and I grow in that relationship with him, as I grow in love with the Lord, you know what God's going to do? He's going to help me bring forth that fruit. That relationship with Jesus, it helps bring forth fruit. This has to do with our fellowship and our, 
our comfort and our walking with him. It refers to that, again, that relationship with him. One man said it this way. He said, thousands of Christians are complaining of barrenness. They don't, they don't bring forth fruit. But they fail to trace their barrenness to its right source, which is the meagerness of their communion with Christ. Consequently, they seek fruitfulness in activities, often right in themselves, but which, while he is unrecognized, can never yield any fruit. What's he saying? He's saying, listen, you know what you do? As a Christian, you say, man, I, I want to bear more fruit, whether that's the characteristics or people. I want to lead more people to Christ. But then we don't realize that if I'm not plugged into the power source of Jesus, that fruit is not going to be evident in my life. I almost had to, had to stop Mike when he's up here giving the testimony and, and saying, hey, you need to work on your relationship. I'm like, stop right there. That's in my message. No, uh, Man, I appreciate him reiterating that because the truth is, as you and I grow in our relationship with the Lord, man, there's going to be growth in the desire to reach the lost. It's, it's just going to be it's just going to be second nature. It's just going to take place. And so I've got to make sure that if I am wanting to reach the lost, I've got to be growing in my relationship with the Lord. And I will bear fruit when I'm comfortable with him, when I'm abiding or dwelling in him. To abide is to uh, experience that oneness. You think about a literal vine and a branch. They're one. They share the same goal. When I'm, when I'm uh, in Christ and abiding in him and at home in him, there's that same goal. And the reason I think that we become um, more proactive in sharing the gospel when we're close to the Lord is because we recognize that what we have is needed by other people. Those of you with kids, think about this. When your kids come home from school, or those of you that have raised kids, they come home from school and you ask them the question, hey, how was school? It's fine. <laughs> hey, what'd you learn today? Nothing. Yeah. Nothing, you know? Well, well, tell me what happened. Oh, well, uh, you know, Jimmy and Billy got in a fight during recess. I didn't like my lunch. You know, it's just, just kind of, how was your day? It's just the day was nothing. But I guarantee you there were probably days when your kids came home and said, Mom, Dad, did you know? And they begin to give you something that they really did learn in school. I know Micah... Micah's, uh, he came home from school a few weeks ago and uh, he was, he, I forget exactly what he was talking about, but he came in and, and he's just super excited. And I was like, dude, why are you so excited? He's like, man, today was so awesome. I was like, why? I was like, did, did you know? And he began to just rehearse with me what he had learned at school that day. Well, you know what? He learned something and he wanted me to know it too. He was excited about it. Here's the idea. As you get to learning Christ, and you get growing in him, man, there's going to be some excitement that desires just to tell other people. Man, I want to tell other people what I just learned. I want to tell other people what I'm growing in. And so if you and I are going to be steadfast in telling others, man, we first we have to be growing in the Lord. And when you're getting to know him, you're going to want others to know him as well. Notice secondly with me tonight that if we're going to be steadfast in, in our witness and in our outreach and having that burden to reach others, then there has to be a going to the Lord in prayer. We have to be going to the Lord in prayer. <clears throat> Excuse me. When you think about the scripture, there are so many places where the believer is instructed in praying for different areas of outreach. I think of Romans chapter number 10. We find a great example about praying for the lost. 
Romans chapter 10, uh, verse number one, Paul wrote this, brethren, my heart's desire and prayer to God uh, for Israel is that they might be saved. Man, Paul's heart was, listen, I am praying for people to come to know Christ. You go uh, to the book of Romans in the very beginning part, Romans chapter number one, and Paul said, I'm praying that I would have fruit among you. You go to uh, the book of Colossians, and Paul says, I'm praying for you that you would have fruit that stays among you, that you'd have people and, and have a fervency. You go to uh, the book of Philippians and the book of Ephesians, and really uh, even the book of Thessalonians, Paul just reminds them, listen, I am praying for you to have effectiveness in reaching people. I'm praying for the lost to come to know Christ. And you and I need to have that in our lives, that if we're going to be steadfast in reaching the lost, we've got to be steadfast in praying for them. Man, just praying for people around us that need Christ, praying for those that we raised our hand for. Man, I'm going to be praying for them. Why? Because when I'm praying for them, there's going to be more of a burden for them, isn't there? Man, when it's on my mind, there's going to be a burden. I wonder, I wonder how God would answer if every one of us prayed consistently for people on our prayer list and people that we pray for and people that we're going to be praying for uh, for our Easter Sunday. I wonder how God would answer if we would just be consistent in praying for it. Man, being steadfast in that prayer, praying for the lost, uh, there's got to be prayer and praying for laborers. If you were here on Thursday night, we looked briefly at that in our, in our prayer time Thursday night where Jesus said, pray ye therefore the Lord of the harvest, he will send forth laborers into his harvest. Man, the truth is that one of the reasons we aren't going, in, we aren't going to reach the lost is because we're not praying for others to go reach the lost. Because if we're praying for other people to reach the lost, you know what that burden's going to do? It's going to trickle down to my life. So how, how can I be steadfast? How can I be steadfast in, in outreach? Well, there's got to be that growth. I've got to be growing in the Lord. But then there's got to be a going to the Lord in prayer. I've got to be taking these requests to him, man, praying for the lost, praying for the laborers. God, I want you to send forth, send people out. This, is, this doesn't mean just to the mission field. I remember growing up and, and missionaries would come across. And they'd say, pray that laborers would go to the mission field. You know what we need to pray? God, help our church to get a burden. God, help Moses Lake Baptist to get a burden during the resurrection season. God, help us to get a burden for the lost. And, and Lord, help the laborers to go out. We need to consistently and, and continuously be going out and be pray, praying, God, would you reach those around me and would you help the laborers to be going out? Praying for um, maybe, I think specifically, you can pray for people to be, God, help them be a, a witness at work. God, help them be a witness at school. God, help them be a witness this week when they meet strangers, praying for people specifically. What are we doing? We're just praying for the laborers. Hey, I'm praying, I'm praying for people around me to come to know Christ. I'm praying for the laborers to go. But then also tonight, I think we need to pray for opportunities. Man, this is praying, God, show me open doors. God, give me open doors and show them, show them to me. Again, we're talking about practical ways to help us keep that, that uh, steadfastness in witnessing. It's going to come when I'm growing in the Lord. It's going to come when I'm going to him in prayer and praying for the lost, praying for laborers, and then praying for opportunities, praying for the Lord to make it clear when you and I have a chance to witness, praying for the Lord to give us courage when we need to speak up, praying for the Lord to, to, show, up, to show up, show me when I, I'm supposed to hand out a gospel track or an Easter invitation right now, or praying for God, hey, God, help me not to miss the opportunities. I shared with you on Thursday night, I think it was this week, might have been last week, about when I missed an opportunity to witness to that lady and, and she passed away. And I don't know if she trusted Christ. This is many years ago. And man, what a, what a heartbreak that was to me. 
If you weren't here, just tell you very quickly, there was a teenager that uh, when I was a youth pastor that he got saved at camp and we came home and he said, Pastor, I want to, uh, Brother Dennis, I want, I want to talk to my mom about what you talked to me about. And I was leaving on, a, on another, I think we had another camp or we had something happen right away. And I said, well, I'll talk to her when I get back from this. And I missed the opportunity and she passed away that week. And I, I don't know if he talked to her. I don't know if somebody else went and talked to her. I don't know, I don't know ever what happened with that situation. But you know what? I look back at it and I think, man, I, I think I missed an opportunity. I think God was impressing it on my heart. You know what I mean? We praying, God, help us not to miss the opportunities. Lord, help me not to miss the opportunities to reach the lost. I mean, I need to make sure that I'm praying and seeking the Lord, going to him. What's that going to do? It's going to help me. It's going to help me to be steadfast in that witness. If I'm going to be steadfast in my witness, I've got to be going to the Lord. I've got to be growing in the Lord. But then also, we've got to be following the guidance of the Lord. Man, if I'm going to reach the lost, to put it simply, I've got to be listening to the Spirit of God. Talk about praying for opportunities, but then I need to be listening for those opportunities. I appreciate the verse that was quoted already in Matthew chapter 4 and verse number 19. He saith unto them, follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. Hey, follow me, walk with me, come with me, and this, this is a promise I will make you fishers of men. As we follow him, God helps us to reach people. I believe this happens in a number of ways. But the main thing I want us to, to just simply talk about is the fact that when we're following his control in our life, we're going to be sensitive to, his, to the spirit of God. And so God's going to be close to us and he's going to say, hey, I want you, here's the opportunity to talk to the coworker. And man, since I'm, since I'm listening, I've been praying for the opportunity now I'm listening for it, and I can follow the leadership of the Lord. Every one of us, we know when the Lord speaks to us about talking to someone about the Lord, and if we are going to be consistent in it, if we're going to be steadfast in it, then we have to be listening to him and ready to respond. I think right now, how many times have we been challenged to maybe reach the lost or witness to somebody near us, and we have the Lord speaking to us about it, and we miss the opportunity? How many times has that happened where we miss the opportunity? We maybe have the Lord saying, hey, uh, why don't you say something to them? And we, we kind of say, well, maybe later. We say, well, maybe later. Well, I, no, I, I don't think I can do that right now. I want us to understand tonight that every one of us, we have to choose to obey in those moments. There's other times when we know that we're going to have an opportunity. I think about families. I think about people that are going to uh, maybe a family reunion or something like that. You ever known that you're going to be around the lost? I don't know whose phone that is, but we want to find out. Might be Arnie's. So I don't know if he can hear it. Uh, Brian, you want to jump up and help Arnie? Uh, real quick, I want to tell you this: that how many of you have ever known? You've ever known that you're going to be around someone. Pay attention to this. Don't worry; it's just a phone. We're busy anyway. Uh, I want us to understand something: that when we uh, when we know we're going to be around the lost, have you ever been anticipating the experience? <laughs> Maybe anticipating the event, like you know you're going to a family a family reunion, and you're like, you know what? I don't want to be around them. <laughs> I know they're lost and I don't want to. You know what we need to do? We need to be praying, God, help me to see the opportunity. God, help me to know that at this family dinner, at this reunion, at this Thanksgiving, at this you know, holiday season, whatever it is, God, help me. Help me to know that you're opening the door. You'll be surprised at what happens. 
Man, we have tons of people that every now and then they, they say something like, you know, man, I, I was praying for an opportunity and went to my family reunion and I had an opportunity to sit down with a great uncle. He didn't get saved, but I got to present the gospel to him for the very first time. I'm thinking about Hannah's family, most of Hannah's family on, uh, of course, uh, both sides, her dad and mom's side. Man, most of them don't know the Lord. And I'm thinking every time we're around, we're praying, God, open the door, give us opportunity. And we've had opportunities where it's, it's been totally a God thing, where you know the family will leave and we just happen to be right there with the cousin that we've been praying that we'd have an opportunity to witness to, or the uncle that we've been praying we'd be able to reach. And there just comes a few, just a short few minutes to be able to just to plant that seed and, and begin to pray and see what God would do with that. You know what? I need to be sensitive to the leading of the Lord because if I'm not sensitive to leading of the Lord, I'm going to miss those. And I'm going to miss those opportunities. What are we talking about tonight? We're talking about just the practical side of understanding that we, we know we have the burden. Man, I'm, I know I'm supposed to reach the lost. I mean, that's kind of like a duh. You know, we know that. We know we're supposed to reach it, but sometimes we fail to have that steadfast spirit. So how can we have the steadfast spirit in it? Number one, you got to be growing in the Lord. If you're not walking with God, you're not going to be reaching people. Number two, I've got to be going to him in prayer. And I'm going to be praying for the lost and praying for the laborers and praying for the opportunities. Number three, I've got to be sensitive to follow the guidance of the Holy Spirit. I've got to be, I've got to be sensitive to do that. If not, I'm going to miss them. And I want you to see this tonight. Lastly, number four is this, that if, if we're going to reach the lost, we've got to go with the Lord. You go back to our, our starting text in Matthew 28. He says, go ye therefore. Can I guarantee this? you are not going to reach 100% of the people that you don't talk to. I mean, it's guaranteed. You're not going to reach every single person that you don't talk to. But I wonder if you might reach one if you would talk to one. There's got to be a go. You know what? In your life and my life, sometimes we, want, we have maybe that walk with God. We pray. We pray for it. Sometimes, Brother Danny, we, we uh, go to the Lord in prayer over it, and, and then we're praying for that opportunity, and we maybe we know that God's opening the door, but then we just don't walk through it. There's got to be a go. If we're going to reach the lost, it has to take place. When you go to Scripture, there, there's got to come a time in my life, <coughs> excuse me, that I'm willing to actually step out and speak to the lost, and I... I can know that I, I need to reach the lost, and I can even be excited about reaching the lost, and I, I can even tell people that I need to reach the lost and, and maybe even share a testimony about how I have a burden for a neighbor or a coworker or a relative. But if I'm not taking him to people, going with the Lord to others, I'm not going to reach the lost. So there's got to be a willingness to actually speak to others about Christ. Let me give you just very quickly tonight <clears throat> some practical thoughts about being ready to talk to others. You know, two of the best things you can do to talk to people, I think number one is we can carry tracks. We can carry tracks. Listen, if you and I would simply carry gospel tracks, we'll be prepared. That's what we'll do. We'll be prepared. It's all right. I don't know who's, is it Arnie's phone? It's okay. <clears throat> How many of you have ever been, uh, I, I know it's been me, how many of you have ever been out and uh, you're trying to talk to somebody and you know the Lord wants to present you to somebody and, or present the gospel to somebody and you, you don't have a track on you? Man, don't you hate that? Oh man, I hate that. 
I had that happen a few weeks ago. I was out, and God, God opened an opportunity. Man, open the door, open an opportunity, and I, I knew I could talk. Oh, I'm, I'm so excited. I'm going to be able to talk to this person about the Lord. And just, I mean, it's just a few short minutes. And after we got done with the conversation, I was like, hey, let me give you something. Oh. Man, because once you give it to them, you're able to show them some tracks or able to show them some verses. You're able to connect them with the truth of Scripture. Man, we live in such a great day and age. I mean, you think about this, 15, 60, 70 years ago, a lot of, a lot of churches didn't have gospel tracts to give out. And I remember my dad, he'd talk about this, you pray for them, they thought they were gonna make it in time for service on their way back from DuPont, preaching there today. But uh, man, I remember my dad telling stories growing up. He's like, we didn't have the opportunity to, to leave a, a gospel track. We didn't have them. So you know what we had to do? We had to present Christ everywhere. And finally, when I was a kid, you know, when I was a teenager, we finally were able to make some flyers and different things. It just shows you how old my dad is. But uh, finally able to make some, some flyers and different things like that. Man, now we live in such a great day and age. Practical thought, carry tracks with you. Man, carry invitations with you, right? If we can carry some invitations with us, we're going to be prepared and ready to present the gospel. Number two, another practical way, memorize the word of God. Man, memorize scripture. <clears throat> My wife and I were talking a couple days ago about preaching, and, and uh, I was talking about why I, I enjoy preaching expository messages where we preach through a book. Now, tonight's a little bit more of topical, where we're kind of taking the expository thought out of Matthew 28 and preaching some topic on it. But you know why I want to preach expository? You know why we put so much scripture in the messages? It's because he, God never promised that the words of Dennis wouldn't return void. He promised that his word won't return void. And you never know if you memorize a verse and you're talking with a coworker, you never know that God might lay a verse on your heart that you've been working on memorizing and you say, you know what? I don't have a Bible on me right now, but can I, you know, they're, they're at lunch and they're like, man, I've just been so burdened. Maybe it's the thought like we had this morning. Man, I'm just so burdened. I'm just dealing with everything going on, and I've got this, and I've got this, and I've got that. And, and you can say to them, man, there's a great verse I heard Sunday. It's, it's Matthew 11. Jesus said, come unto me, all ye that labor. And you can use that, just the verse that you have memorized, and you can lead it right into the gospel. And you know what? You might not be able to present the gospel to him right there, but you're planting a seed. But it's, listen, it's not going to happen if we don't have those verses memorized. And memorize scripture, carry, carry those tracks. I'd, I'd tell you this, that one of the best ways that you can be a great witness is protect your testimony. Man, protect your testimony. You ever blown it around someone? Man, you're, you know, you're like, I'm, I'm going to try to win a coworker, and that morning, you know, something bad happens at work or something bad happens at school, and you kind of lose your cool, lose your temper a little bit. Yeah, maybe, okay, I know I've done that. Not at this workplace, but man, I know there's been, I don't know, Rob, have I ever cussed you out? I don't think I have, but uh, you know what? The thought is this. I know there's been times in my life when something happened at work and I got frustrated. And no, I wasn't, I wasn't throwing out curse words and stuff like that, but I was just frustrated and, and kind of short-tempered with people. And, and then you're supposed to turn around and talk to them about Jesus. Probably not going to want to listen. And I need to make sure I'm protecting my testimony. And I need to make sure, again, that I'm just taking those opportunities. The truth is tonight that every single one of us, every single one of us need to have a burden to reach the lost. We need to have a desire to reach the lost. But can I tell you this? It is not your job 
to make people get saved. You, you can't make the decision for them. Don't you wish you could? Man, I wish I could. Those, those people that I know, there's people in here that many of us are praying for. Tom and I, we're praying for the same guy that we've known. And listen, he is so close to getting saved. I wish I could make the decision for him. Not Tom, our friend, okay? Tom, Tom's been saved. I don't know, Tom. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, listen, we're, we're, he's so close to trusting Christ. I wish I could make the decision for him, but I can't. Our job is not to make people make decisions. Our job is to just give them the opportunity to be steadfast in that. But we fail in that sometimes because we're not walking with the Lord. We're not praying about the burden. We're not following his guidance and taking those opportunities and we're not going with the word. And so tonight, I, again, I just want us to understand, Jesus, he gave the word. Hey, this is what I want you to do. Go and reach people, baptize them and make disciples. That's what we're supposed to be doing. And so I wanna encourage you tonight to just be steadfast. Make the decision. I'm going to be steadfast to go, to go reach, to go baptize, and here on out. How about, and maybe this week we would just make the decision. I don't want you to make a decision. I'm going to be steadfast from here on out. How about we just make the decision, God, this week? God, this week I'm going to walk with you. This week I'm going to have that growing in you. God, this week I'm going to talk in prayer with you about the lost around me. This week I'm going to follow your guidance. And God, this week I'm going to take you to the lost. This week I'm going to be steadfast in my witness. And so I hope tonight that we'd be challenged. Again, just a simple message, a simple thought to us, but I think something that we, we need to be reminded in. Let's not miss the opportunities. God's going to bring someone across your path this week. Mark it down. God's going to bring someone across your path this week. You may not be able to see them get saved, but you are going to be able to at least plant the seed. So tonight, let's just make the decision, God, this week I'll be steadfast. Steadfast in my outreach. Thank you so much for listening to this message. If you would like further information about our church, please visit moseslakebaptistchurch.com.